0: You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily podcast on the Minnesota Timberwolves, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen, to another Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, your host here, Colt Molesky, bringing you daily Timberwolves content. Make sure to check out the Locked On Wolves fan rate website for articles from Adam King. You can also check out prior podcasts there as well today we're going to be talking a lot about the Cavs celtics developments in that series what's going on there we're going to have uh, some guests on from sb nation later this week to talk about the celtics as well and we'll get to rockets warriors tomorrow but if you didn't see game four was last night 111 102 victory for the Cavaliers in their second game at home so both teams are 2-0 at home in the series tied up the series 2-2 the Cavaliers did before headed, heading back to Boston in game 5 of course the the Celtics are the higher seed so they have home court advantage which might be the the biggest factor in this game uh, as as we go on and it heads down to the wire Cavaliers really doing a good job making a series out of this Uh, and the the first thought I had when I knew the show I knew the show was to today and by the way what a beautiful day for a show I'm actually recording this one outside uh, via mic and laptop out here uh, because it's so beautiful outside so if you hear the the playful chirp of some birds it's because I am outdoors on the porch uh, recording the episode so just a, a gorgeous day to to think to drink some coffee and think about Cavaliers. And the Celtics, and the first thing that I was thinking uh, after watching this game, the first thing that kind of swelled to the the forefront of my mind was, uh, LeBron James is ridiculously good at basketball and if you're not watching uh, the games that he's playing in, if you're not appreciating what he's doing right now in his career against a really good Celtics team with a really bad Cavaliers team I don't know if basketball is a sport for you I don't know if it's the sport for you because if you can't appreciate this you're not going to enjoy anything about the the, the NBA in general, the LeBron James right now is averaging 33.7 points per game, shooting 55% from the field, and averaging 8.7 rebounds and 9 assists through the 2017-18 playoffs, putting up some, putting up some crazy numbers in the 15th season, and he's doing it with a team that really can only find a rhythm when their offense is clicking their defense isn't going to do a great job for a game they can do their defense did a good job bogging down the cavaliers or excuse me their defense did a good job bogging down the celtics pardon uh pardon the mistake there uh in the first quarter the the celtics only had 18 points in the first quarter and they're outscored 34 18 and After that, the Celtics outscored the Cavaliers in every single quarter. Hard to believe that they they took the loss. They took the the nine-point loss after... Outscoring the Cavaliers three out of the four quarters. But that's just how dominant the Cavaliers were in that opening quarter. And then that's how close the game was the rest of the way. Uh, the rest of the score is 35-34 in the second quarter, 23-21 in the third quarter, 26-22 in the fourth quarter. Again, Boston leading in all of those Cavaliers still able to get the victory. So what LeBron James doing is doing is absolutely insane he had 44 points last night, seven, uh, only 7 turnovers, uh, well I guess 7 turnovers is, is the other big number there for him, uh, 2 steals, 3 assists, 5 rebounds. So he's had some high turnover games in this series. Uh, I think that's a testament to Boston's defense, the way they play inside the passing lanes, how they attack offenses. But he's had some high turnover games, but he's also had some spectacular offensive performances and done a really good job defensively. Uh, I would credit a lot of the movement on defense to what LeBron does, you see them uh, switching off guys, and that's because I, I, I really do believe LeBron is orchestrating a lot of this defense at this point, and uh, and he's making sure his guys are prepped. He made sure that the Cavaliers were prepped for this two-game stint in Cleveland, uh, and it clearly showed. And the other game, the game three that they won, the big the big thing was three-point shooting. The Celtics were just dreadful from distance and the Cavaliers were really good the best they've been all series from three-point range three-point shooting was really close in this game Uh, the Celtics shot 32 percent the the Cavaliers shot 34 percent from three and the Celtics went nine for 28 the Cavaliers went eight for 23 three-point shooting was not the difference the difference was the, the physicality of Cleveland inside 50 to 38. That's how much they outscored the Celtics in points in the paint. That's by how much they outscored them, 50 to 38. And at one point, I, uh, I believe it was at the beginning of the fourth quarter, uh, they flashed the stat across the TV where LeBron had uh, 30, uh, or I think it was, it was either 30 or 40 or. You know, it was 20 of 30. It was in the third quarter, 20 of his 30 points were in the paint. And the the Cavaliers just doing a great job banging down low, getting stuff inside. Uh, you saw Tristan Thompson had a pretty solid game, 13 points, 12 rebounds. Kevin Love had 11 rebounds. And uh, you had George Hill. He had a nice contribution with 13 points. You had Larry Nance with 7 points. Uh so you had George Hill kind of getting things going. He had only had three assists, but it felt like he was more in the offense than he's been over the last couple of games. He's been more involved in the offense as he has been in the entire playoffs, and I think that helps the the inside game because I think uh, George Hill is going to be somebody who wants to kind of drive in and, and get those uh, get those bigs going. He's he's going to be like it, here's a comparison that you guys will. I'll hit close to home. It's going to be a lot like Derrick Rose, I feel, when George Hill is really working well in the offense. Uh, And Derrick Rose was working well in the the Timberwolves offense. Where Derrick Rose, he did pass it outside uh, to outside shooters. But when Derrick Rose drove in, there was a lot of times where he was driving in to try and get Towns open. Or he would look for Towns or a bigger guy, Taj Gibson, and try and get them the ball. They weren't outside. But the movement he made to the basket was enough to make a a 10 or 15-foot shot uh, open for a bigger guy. I think that's the, the movement that you're going to see from George Hill. And LeBron's going to try and really get the outside shooting going. He's gonna He can pass from everywhere, don't get me wrong, but uh, LeBron knows that he needs his three-point shooters to hit, uh, at least in in parts of these games. And so when George Hill gets going, I think that it really helps the inside game, and I think that he's going to try and have guys play off of his action uh, down low, and, and the big guys are going to try and profit off of that nevertheless uh, whoever is uh, whoever is doing the majority of the passing for the Cavaliers getting those getting those big guys Tristan Thompson Larry Nance involved in the game and especially winning the rebound battle with Kevin Love and Thompson uh, is huge for the the Boston or the Cleveland cell Cavaliers especially when you're getting nine offensive rebounds getting second champs points uh, the 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 Celtics excuse me are really going to try and bog down the game, really going to try and make it a half-court basketball game, and so when you're getting second chance points, uh, which the Cleveland Cavaliers had 16 of, 16 points off of uh, second chance, then what you're going to do is you're going to put the pressure, you're going to flip the pressure back on the Celtics because now they might have to play a little more up-tempo than you want, and I think that's where you saw the funk, is that the Cleveland Cavaliers got up early in this game, and they were. Playing really well in that first quarter, really great quarter of basketball for the Cavaliers when they have 34 points. And you saw the Celtics try and match uh, the tempo and try and play up tempo, and they got a little sloppy, and they fell back into their their uh, their basketball style offensively in the in, later in that game. But they just didn't have the the oomph and the three point shooting to really take over and get the lead, and so. When they went down early in the, the first quarter, that kinda that kinda put the nails early on in the coffin and you saw the Cleveland kinda continually hammer away at those throughout the rest of the game. This is where uh, and obviously it never obvi- the obvious statement is it, it helps to have Kyrie back. But this is where you really see it. This is where you really see it when the Celtics need somebody to just own six possessions in a row offensively and just really destroy and demoralize a team offensively uh, with like six or seven possessions just back to back to back to back to back. Kyrie Irving can definitely do that and Kyrie was never he never took on the role of he's just going to control a game. Uh, he, He does too he does too much playmaking and passing to to be a guy who like puts up 45 points and just destroys for an entire game, he can do that. He has the offensive talent to do that, but his playmaking style doesn't necessarily adhere to that. But what Kyrie does do is he takes over for an eight-minute period, a quarter, and his his offensive uh, his offensive mastery just destroys a defense for for 30 for 30 possessions or something or you have him for a quarter you have him for that eight minute stretch where he just is getting to the basket and doing whatever he wants driving to the basket and creating his own shot and shooting and the celtics just don't have that when he's not there so when they went down early when they had to try and play up tempo a little bit more that's when you saw the uh, the true effect of not having kyrie really show through and obviously it, it shows through in a bunch of ways but the most the most poignant way, the most the most drastic way that it hurts them is right there. When in the second quarter you needed somebody to really own the, the Cavaliers defense and they ended up only outscoring them by one. And this the Boston Celtics offense looked really good in the second quarter, but you needed the the Celtics to to take back the game in that second and third quarters, and instead they only had a combined four-point lead uh, after the second and third quarters. So that's that's what's really going to hurt them, and that's what's going to be a story throughout the, the rest of the series is if Cleveland can do what they did over the last two games to start games for the rest of the series, even when the Celtics are at home, it's going to be really tough for them to get back into the games. We're going to take a quick break for some sponsors, and then we're going to look ahead to a couple more Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Boston Celtics, Cleveland Cavaliers, Cleveland evens the series at two apiece before heading back to Boston for game five. In and of course, it was a 111 102 victory that got them back into this series to tie it up. Tonight we have the Golden State. Warriors at home again in Oakland for Game 4 against the Houston Rockets. Again, they They won Game 3 after losing Game 2, so they are up 2-1. And the day after that game, Wednesday, is going to be Game 5. Cleveland and Boston, they're back in Boston, back on the East Coast. And hopefully for Boston, they can find some of that home court magic that they've had throughout the entire playoffs that has made them 9-0 at home throughout the entire playoffs to get back ahead of that series. So looking ahead to a couple of these games, I wanted to only take just a few minutes before we head out here just to preview a couple of these games. We'll be talking, I know we talked mostly, uh, most entirely Celtics and Cavaliers today we'll be talking more Rockets warriors but I did want tomorrow but I did want to to preview this game a little bit with you guys So you have what was just just embarrassing I don't I don't like to use embarrassing especially in the playoffs when teams uh, have weeded themselves out among from amongst the 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 shuffle of 30 of 30 franchises to get to the playoffs i don't like to use embarrassing a lot when uh, the teams have have fought hard to get to the playoffs and done a good job throughout the season to get to the playoffs but this was embarrassing especially for the number one seed to get blown up by 41 points in game three was ridiculous you can't – when you're the number one seed, you won 65 games. And this is the team that you were asking for. The Rockets have been asking for the Warriors. They have been saying how this team that they have made was built to take down the Warriors. They have been saying that the goal this year, uh, more than getting a bunch of wins, more than uh, finding a cohesiveness between the new superstar Chris Paul and their, uh, their the superstar they've had on the roster for the last few years, James Harden, more than, uh, more than getting the number one seed. The goal this season was ultimately to to build a team that could beat the Warriors. And so when you are asking for that for the entire year, and then you come out in Game 3 after playing really well and forming your offense uh, into a new animal in Game 2, changing some things up, adapting the way you play basketball to win Game 2, and then you come out in Game 3, and you know that the Warriors are going to be chomping at the bit. You just beat them. In Game Two, you've been asking for them all season. You took the number one seed, uh, and now you're heading to their house. They're the they're the returning champions uh, to the Western Conference Finals, and you've been asking for them all season long. And you're going to their house in Game One of the Oakland part of this series, the first game in Oakland. You come out and you only and you only lose by forty one points. Oh my goodness. How do you do this? How do you if you're the Rockets, how do you how do you let this one slip this badly? So now in game four, you really need to come out strong if you're Houston. You need to get back to some of the things that really were successful in game two. You need to play a little less isolation. I know that's the thing that got you to the playoffs, and I think that you'll probably see them go heavier isolation in the second half but you need, to, you need to stay in this game. You need to bog some things down and some pace down, but you also need to try and pass it around the perimeter more. You need to get more guys involved, more guys touching the basketball. You need Trevor Reza, P.J. Tucker, Eric Gordon. You need those guys to start feeling it early on. What you can't do is you can't try and lean heavy on James Harden, Chris Paul, and then when that doesn't start working, throw it to guys who are cold and haven't shot a bunch. They're... Their guys did not shoot. You had Ariza with six shots. You had P.J. Tucker with five. Clint Capella with nine. Uh, Gerald Green had, had a decent amount. He had 10 shots. You had Eric Gordon with 13. But you have a bunch of stars there who did not take double-digit shots. You need to get more players involved in, in the offense, and you need to do it early on. If they can keep within one or two points, or even be leading, uh, and keep a close game going into the half, and then you switch to isolation, then you try and off kilter the Warriors uh, the best you can by by flipping the playbook a little bit and by slowing the pace down and by bogging things down in the second half. I think that might be the strategy there for the Rockets. But it's going to be really hard if Curry is really back to 100%. If this just wasn't one game where he mustered everything he had, and then this game he comes back to kind of the 80%, 75% you saw him at. Uh, if If this was him coming back to full health, then I think there's not really much you can do because now... You have the full complement of the roster again for the the Warriors. Uh, the the first time they've been healthy in quite some time as a full team, and that's going to be really tough to be even for a roster like the Rockets. Uh, you really got to do a great job switching. You got to make sure that your perimeter defense is holding them down. The tough part is again if Curry is healthy, he took a couple shots in that game that were just so deep that if you actually play tight on him consistently that deep it's just going to mess up your offense or your defense anyways because it's so hard for a defense to play that far out from the basket uh, and tight on a guy to affect uh, to really affect all of his looks Uh, but if you're not playing that tight he's either going to take those shots or he's going to throw some passes in that are going to be for sure uh, makes for his teammates so a, a full health curry might be the thing that really destroys this Rockets team but again you need to try and pl- get back to the offense that you ran in Game Two, uh, at least in that first half, and then try and bog down the the second half and keep the Warriors from really finding the transition, finding the the three point shooting, finding the the kind of shots that they make when everything is chaotic on the basketball court. You gotta keep them from doing that. You gotta keep the game in the half court, especially in that second half. And then if I'm looking way ahead to Cleveland and Boston, you just got to get back to boss uh, boss I think has to either it has to do two things they have to on defense they either have to shut down everybody and let LeBron do his thing or really clamp down on LeBron and keep him from facilitating and opening things up like they did in game one and uh, a crucial part of that obviously is the the Celtics on the other side knocking down shots, especially from range. If they're knocking down three-point shots and then they clamp down on Cleveland, uh, they either clamp down on LeBron or they just they just really out-muscle the three-point shooting and make LeBron do everything. I think that that will put a lot of pressure on on the Cleveland offense, and I think that's going to make things worse for them. But they have to knock down their shots, especially early. If you see a score flash, if you're not paying attention to the game, and you you just see in the, the first quarter you have Boston up, uh, with a couple minutes left, and they're up something like 24-14. to, to 14. I think that those are, those are the two things that they're doing. They're either going back to one of those defensive strategies that they played out in Game 1 or Game 2, and on the flip side, they're knocking down three-point shooting to put pressure, even more pressure, on the offense for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Again, LeBron is playing out of his mind right now, so it's going to be hard either way, either either strategy you, you pick, and I'm not sure that letting LeBron just run rampant is even a strategy at this point, especially when he's really feeling his mojo in the playoffs, but uh, they, they have to do something, and hopefully they can recapture some of that magic that they had in the first two games at home. Thanks for listening to another Lockdown Wolves podcast. Listeners, we're tuning out now, but thank you for tuning in to another Lockdown Wolves podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.